coming up on today's show, we have a trip report. And as part of that trip, we get to hear what it's like to go on a private VIP tour at Disney World. That's today on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to Traveling with the Mouse. This is episode 299, the penultimate episode before episode 300. This is Friday, January the 22nd, 2021. I am your host for this week. I am Jason, and I am joined, as always, by my esteemed co-hosts. First, we have Adam. What's up, everybody? Does that mean the next episode is Sparta? Uh, yeah, I guess so. And we're going to have a great host next episode. Did you know that his name is John? So I guess I can say, this is Sparta! <laughs> yeah. Since Adam brought it up. <laughs> no. Well, this is going to be a great episode this week because we have a lot to cover. Namely, uh, last week we mentioned we might be going to Disney World. And sure enough... Adam and I did. In fact, I just, as we're recording this, I just returned back from the trip. And we had a very special experience we're going to get to talk about. Mm. And that is, we did a once in a lifetime, I think, opportunity. And that is that we took a private VIP tour while we were there. Mm. Yes, we did. It was very cool. Ah. So we're going to recap that, review it, and talk about what it's like to do a VIP tour at Disney, but not just any time, but a COVID-era VIP tour at Disney. Yeah. I think that'll be exciting. This was made possible by the fact that I'm actually starting a new job, and one of the perks of starting a new job is that your old job pays out all the vacation you never used, which... <laughs> Surprised you didn't have any vacation left based on how often you went to Disney last time. Last well, years, uh, I haven't... I didn't go to Disney... Yeah, in 2020, yeah. Yeah. And we would just make long weekend trips, right? (laughs) Yeah, a lot of the time. I'm going to say, you still used it rather frugally, or or actually wisely, I guess. All those challenges, though? We may talk about my new job eventually, but I want to find out first uh, if I'm allowed to (laughs) before I do on the show. (laughs) Are you working at Disney? I am not working at Disney. (laughs) If if I was, I would probably have to be resigning my position in this esteemed... (laughs) podcast right. yeah i don't i gonna say i don't know how well that would work so l- before we dive into the trip report there are a couple of big news stories that we want to talk about and we're going to start yeah. a new recurring segment as well so first with the news the big news of the week that we should talk about is that disneyland has announced that they are ending their annual pass holder program they are canceling all annual passes and if you have a Disney Premier Pass, you must manually call them and set up, re-sign up for a Disney World Annual Pass if you would like to keep that. So this yeah. is the statement from Ken Potrock. We want to thank our annual pass holders for their understanding during this closure period. Due to the continued uncertainty of the pandemic and limitations around the reopening of our California theme parks, we will be issuing appropriate refunds for eligible Disneyland Resort annual passports and sunsetting the current program. We are currently developing new membership offerings that will utilize consumer insights to deliver choice, flexibility, 
and value for our biggest fans. So what do you guys think? What do you think they're doing it now? And what do you think is going to replace it in the future? I'm not surprised. For one, it's going to be closed well over a year, so any annual passes that they did have would have expired anyway, unless they were just going to extend them indefinitely. So I think Which it's, makes them no money if they just right. extend everybody's annual pass. So it makes sense financially for the company to do this. They do have to refund all those passes, though. Yeah, but in the on the flip side, when it does reopen, I think they're going to have much smaller versions of passes are way more tiers and they're probably going to have like weeknight passes and all these different things weekend passes weeknight weekdays you know tons of blackout dates you know different versions at different price levels the rumor that i've been hearing is that they want to do more like they had with the flex pass and i don't know i had to go read about this because we're not california folks yeah but the, the the flex pass which was a much cheaper alternative to the annual pass, um, but it had basically three different types of days. There's a good to go day, where it's not they don't expect it to be busy, and you can just use it like a regular annual pass. There are blackout days where you can't yeah. go, sort of like how if you have a Disney Gold Pass in Florida, you can't go every day. Um, and then there are days where you required a reservation, so. They already have a reservation system going in. So, I I mean, this might indicate that I was wrong and reservations are here to stay, but maybe not every day. Like, maybe they start using reservations for pass holders to try to help control uh, how many they let in and then leave open some space for resort guests and then slowly let reservations out as it gets closer sort of like they do now is that what we think is going to happen and would something similar to that happen at disney world do you think i don't think something similar would happen at disney world just because disney world is already open and they're most likely just to increase capacity not before too much longer anyway i think the reason why they're doing this in disneyland is because they've been closed for so long and they know when they do open they're going to have a capacity to adhere to and they're just trying to pick the best way to make sure that they stay within that without having to conduct too much of their own personal crowd control I guess if that makes sense it'll automatically make the crowds probably smaller to a degree without them having to do much to you know reduce it even further if that makes sense I, I don't know well I mean if you thought getting a rise of the resistance boarding group was hard try getting a Disneyland pass at 20% capacity or whatever if they have to start yeah. at that out in California, they wouldn't really have that big of a deal if they hadn't been closed for so long. And now there's people that really would want to go once it finally does open. And there's probably even people that live out there that, you know, it wasn't open very long before COVID rise wasn't. There's right. probably people out there that still haven't ridden it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot. I think eventually annual passes in some form comes back in both coasts because they're not selling them here. You got one, but only under a loophole, really. Right. But I mean, again, if you're a current pass holder at Disney World, they're letting you renew still. Right. They are. It's just a very different situation in Florida. Hmm. I think they will have even the Premier Pass again. It's just until they're able to get past this limited capacity issue and they have more profit coming in California again, then they'll probably go to annual passes. We well, shall see. If we're in California, let's go back to Florida, like you said. 
mm-hmm. where they are getting rid of annual passes in California. New things are opening in Florida. And John, yeah. I think you were right when you updated your prediction to 0%. Ratatouille <laughs> did not open while we were there, but the new bathrooms did. And apparently the stroller parking? I'm say, was yes. there anything special about the bathrooms? I did not actually enter the bathrooms because it just oh. felt weird to just go tour a bathroom. <laughs> but it's a yeah, new I mean, bathroom. I did yeah. walk over to the new stroller parking as it was getting to be dusk and got a view of the Gusto sign. I mean, basically, a lot of people are just touring a new walkway. Like, Ooh, a <laughs> a new dead walkway. end walkway, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah. This is how you know how different the parks are right now because almost everybody that's there knows what they're doing right or at least knows about the parks in some way they know where they're going like people like ooh, a new bathroom if you were there pre-covid there would be like 100 people on that walkway like why is everybody coming down here this is my first visit to disney world what's going on down here or they would be going down that way trying to get to somewhere and then they run into a brick wall (laughs) right literally I mean, they'd have to post someone out front to tell people why there's a big sign that says Ratatouille opening 2021, but everybody would be like, ooh, Ratatouille, let's go see that. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, that's, so, that's cool. Let's see what that's Because they're like, like, it is 2021. It must be open. They open the sign. They'd be like, well, wait a minute. Last time I was here, they said it was going to be open last summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, when we were there this last weekend they had the the bushes out front or at least before i left they had the bushes out front and every time i w- went over there there were people just standing around hoping that they would just move the hedges and say hey you want to come ride you know there was <laughs> well, always people I, just there's loitering. now a wall at the end of that first street and that wall i i took a skyline yeah. ride over it today and got some pictures is pretty well secure there's tons of cinder block holding that wall down it's it seems like a it's there for a while well, I hear that they have hmm. a media event planned. I just don't know when because they haven't announced it. So that's probably going to come first. Yeah, it would be strange for them just to spontaneously open it without any yeah. sort of media preview or maybe even a pass holder preview. I mean, they haven't done one like that in, in a while. So, I mean, the only reason they open this right now seems to be that the same day that they open this bathroom, they close the one in Morocco for refurbishment. <laughs> so we need, we need to be looking in the mail for our uh, invitation for media day. Well, I would have thought I would have gotten an invitation to the bathroom launch, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would have gone in and just checked the bathroom out. I mean, I would have just used it, though. I mean, you know. <laughs> Test it out. Yeah, yeah, I would have used it, too, uh, by the way. Yeah. I would have. Just saying. I mean, you well, know. Jason, when I, even when slacking. I was in the park last <laughs> night uh, at Epcot, I, when I walked down the path, I saw Kendall there. And she was coming out, and we chatted a little bit. I was like, did you go check out the bathrooms? She's like, yeah, they're a bit smaller than I thought they would be. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is our Disney world now that we're like, hey, let's go check out the bathrooms and then go get some <laughs> dinner. Yeah. <laughs> right. Check out the new uh, pathway and the bathroom <laughs> and the stroller parking. <laughs> oh. Looks great. Put it on Instagram. Well, you thought that you thought that was a weird thing to do. Here's something that I find almost weirder, and that is waiting 11 hours for a cookie. <laughs> Did you see this line for the Gideon's Bay Bakehouse Grand Opening that stretched basically yeah. throughout the entirety of Disney Springs? The entirety of Disney Springs right. was the line for this cookie place. 
Then right. apparently there's another Gideon's Bakehouse elsewhere in Orlando that's been open for a while and has not that length of line. Everybody loses <laughs> their minds when something new happens. Yeah. Especially food like, related. Yeah, I know, but I mean like around here, okay, a Popeye's opened, okay? There were people like lined up. You'd have thought they'd never been to a Popeye's before as far yeah. as like the drive through Like it was going out into the road. Well, on my Popeyes. way back from Disney today, uh, we ended up having Popeyes. Oh, wow. Um, really? Yeah. This is I, interesting. Yeah, I, I did Small have Popeyes world. on the way back, and it's not worth waiting in line for. It's you mean fine. you don't love that chicken from Popeyes? I do love the chicken, but it, it, if, if you're like, you're going to have to wait any longer than 10 minutes for it. Yeah, but you're a yeah. North Carolina guy, so you're a Bojangles. I wouldn't even wait that long. For, I mean, Bojangles is great, but I'm not going to wait forever for it. The only yeah, chicken never... place I'm going to get in a long line for is Chick-fil-A because I know I'll be in and out quickly. <laughs> right, I was going to say. Because <laughs> the long line doesn't last. <laughs> yeah. I've never had Bojangles. I always hear it's the best chicken, though, but I've never had Bojangles. I think it depends on your chicken mood, but I would argue Popeye's has better chicken personally because I like the Cajun style that they have. But Bojangles Oh, see, so it's a preference bis- thing. Okay. I think Bojangles has better biscuits, and I think the Cajun filet biscuit outshines Popeye's. Hmm. Okay. Bojangles mm. also has a better biscuit, like a better variety, especially for breakfast, because you can get the chicken biscuit, the sausage biscuit, the egg biscuit, the, the you know gravy biscuit, cinnamon biscuits. They got all the all the biscuits under the sun you could ever want for breakfast. None of Steak these are biscuit, a sponsor, by the way. <laughs> the saying, like, why we are we talking about that. this? Well, it just came up. One thing led to another. Well, yeah. Bojangles, call us, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, Have we your would people gladly, call our people. We would gladly accept money from any of you if you really I'd be to. happy to get Jake Delhomme <laughs> on the podcast to push some Bojangles. There we go. <laughs> or just free biscuits. I'll take that. I would take sure. some free biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was the main news of the week. There's other stuff, but nothing big, because we've got a big trip report to get to. But before we do that, we have a recurring segment we're going to start, because yeah. challenges have been returning. Uh, we recovered Scott Kumka's run a couple weeks ago on the Every Ride Points Challenge, which is really the only version of the challenge you can sort of run with any hope of achieving a new personal best, because a completion on the Parkeology or Every Ride is basically out of the question with current hours and the way things work. So the points challenge sets up a system where you try to shoot for a high score to remind everybody what that is because we're going to start covering that. You have to ride at least one ride at each park. You can only get points for each ride once, of course. There's different tiers of points with the most points coming from the tier one rise of the resistance for 50 points. Tier 2 rides, which are the other e-tickets basically, are 25 points. Tier 3 are 20 points. Tier 4 are 15, and Tier 5 are 10. And then there's Tier 6, 5 points. So there's everywhere from 5 to 50 points a ride. And then there's, if you complete a park, you get a bonus. So like 100 points for Magic Kingdom for completing, 75 for Studios, 50 for Animal Kingdom, and 50 for Epcot. So the goal is to max out your points. Mm -hmm. We're going to start covering this regularly because it appears that a lot more folks are going to run. And right now there seems to be about one run booked per week for the next few weeks. If there's a lot of runs booked, we're not going to cover all of them. But I think if there's one a week, we can at least cover those. Yeah. Sounds reasonable. 
Or we could also say if it does increase, maybe we could just cover the ones that were particularly like fun. To the winner. Or, we can we yeah, can cover the, the high winner. score. Yeah, yeah. If it yeah. does increase. Yesterday I was at the park, and also that day was Toddler of Terror running the points challenge with his two kids, and Toddler of Terror ended up with a final score of 440 points, which yeah. I think is a bit lower than he had hoped for, but he, he tweeted about it later. He let he was with his kids, and he sort of let them pick what they want to do, and there's certain rides they didn't want to do, which basically meant that he couldn't complete some of the parks. Like, he could have completed Hollywood Studios, I think, or Animal Kingdom if he really wished to, but I think his son refused to ride Everest. I think also has never ridden Rock and Roller Coaster. So basically, he was giving up the park completion bonuses and just mm-hmm. went for the rides they wanted to do. So he did 27 rides, and he pulled off a, an interesting trick that we should talk about. This is a yeah. trick yeah. that we also did on our trip, and that is you can start the day not at Hollywood Studios and still ride Rise of the Resistance. And this yeah. had a lot of people scratching their heads. On Friday of last, no, Saturday of last week, you and I did this, Adam, mm-hmm. where we woke up early in the morning for our 7 a.m. boarding group pull. We had a park reservation for Hollywood Studios. We clicked through. We got a boarding group, surprisingly. It was group 81. We looked at it and we said, well, we don't want to spend all day at Hollywood Studios because we were just there. So right. we dropped our park pass. We picked up Magic Kingdom and off we went to Magic Kingdom. And at 2 p.m. when park hopper hours opened, we hopped to Hollywood Studios, used our boarding group and got on Rise of the Resistance. They yeah. do not get rid of your boarding group if you drop your park pass. Yeah. As of today. <laughs> As of say today. That. Because they may eventually close that loophole if if Pat. I gotta say, unless we just start spreading the word like we're doing, right, and then all of a sudden it catches on. (laughs) Well, I'm sure they know this. I think that it's a it's a change that they probably just don't care that much about because in the future there's not going to be a 2 p.m. park hopper and. Well, I mean, the other thing is you can be in Seattle and get a boarding group for Rise and never show up, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I feel like once you get a boarding group, you're getting on the ride, even if you miss your time. Even I mean, if I feel you're like in Seattle? Well, I mean, if, <laughs> right. you can, if you can make it from Seattle to there before the end of the day, before it closes, then yeah, they'll let you on, I feel like. Because, you know, they're allotting time slots, more or less. It's not like they're issuing any more. So, you see what I mean? So. Well, today I, I rode Rise. Uh, before I left, I got boarding group 18, and... I don't think the people up front even really care. They just go by whatever the little device says because the guy that was guarding the front was like, what boarding group are we even on? Because he see, could see I was sitting there waiting. It was like, uh, you're boarding through group 17 and I'm group 18. He's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I think they just scan your band. If it shows up that you had a group, they're like, go ahead. You know, they don't really care. That's what it seems like. Because there's so many people crowding in that area just waiting for their group to be called to, they don't care. And I don't know what capacity they're filling right now. Obviously not all of it. Or they might be doing it soon with the shields, right? Are they doing that yet? Well, they are seating every row. I was seated in the front row, and I had a party behind me today that was not my party. But there was a so plexiglass divider between us. So they've probably increased the number of people they're allowing in to each 
group, like like boarding groups, in other words. I or mean, just it still gets gone pretty fast. Groups, right? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's gone in an instant. So the difference between my group 81 <laughs> and my group 18 on Saturday is I hesitated momentarily to make sure all seven of us were on the screen because I, I didn't know if it would automatically add everybody. And then I clicked next, uh, and I got 81. This morning, uh, it's also the middle of the week, so there's fewer people, but I just click next, 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 as fast as I could. And yeah, I got yeah. Rather than yeah, double checking, yeah, because that's wasting time, valuable time. So, anyways, toddler terror pulls this off. He even takes it a step further. He ends up with a early boarding group like fourteen or fifteen, but still just waits till after two o'clock and shows up. And I think it was at four thirty when he decided to ride rides, and he's just like, "Sorry, I'm late." <laughs> like by eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> right. They let him on. It seems yeah. they don't care if you're late. You're just like, well, whatever. Get on. Yeah. That's what I was saying a minute ago. They have the slots kind of once it's been picked, right? You have one. I don't think it matters as much when you show up because I'm sure there's other people that didn't make it or weren't even there, as you just said. So, yeah. We won't recap ride by ride, but let's just say Tyler Terror did 14 rides at Magic Kingdom. It's interesting that he threw in a couple of the lowest tier rides, but they're also very quick. You know, Carousel, Barnstormer Dumbo. He did go after a couple of higher point rides like Peter Pan for 20, Space Mountain for 20, Astro Orbiter's worth 20, Carousel of Progress is worth 20 because of its length, and mm-hmm. he rope dropped Seven Doors Mine Train for 25. So he booked 195 points at Magic Kingdom. I wonder if there's a strategy where you complete Magic Kingdom and then just go ride one ride at every other park. Because you do have to ride at least one ride in every park for it to count. Right. But there's no way. I mean, it was he got on his last ride at Magic Kingdom at 12.52, and that was only 14 rides. So, hmm. Yeah, it does seem... And then we go over to Animal Kingdom. He only rides three there. Flights of Passage, uh, Dinosaur, Triceratops Spin, uh, racking up an additional... 40 points there. And then at Hollywood Studios, we get Rise, Saucers, Toy Story Mania, Millennium Falcon, and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. All fairly high point rides, uh, leaving out, of course, Tower, Star Tours, and Rock and Roller Coaster. So at the end of Hollywood Studios, it was 6.10 p.m. He had 360 points when he went to Epcot, where he got Spaceship Earth, Nemo, Soarin' Figment. And I was there cheering him on as he ran into test track with mere seconds remaining before they <laughs> really? put the rope down. Yes. Wow. We went and rode test track right before closing because we're like, oh, you know, we're here. Let's let's go ahead and do it. And so we uh, we walked up, we rode it, we got off, and I looked down, you know, there's five minutes left in the park, and I was like, he's on figment right now. I'm going to guess he's going to try to make this. Yeah. And so we just stood out right in front of the line and sure enough with like 30 seconds to spare here he comes <laughs> wow <laughs> nice and he was like he was gonna stop to talk to me i'm like get in the line yeah just <laughs> go closing that rope yeah well that's good i'm glad he got it in 440 points which does not best scott kumka's pandemic record i should say mm-hmm. which was uh 400 and 55 points, apparently, was Scott's uh, score. So there you go. Still holds right now as the record for 2021. Yeah, and I think the key there is that 
Jeff did not complete any park. Yeah, the other, right. Because those park completion bonuses really help out. Sacrificing a few at Magic Kingdom to complete a park is worth it, right? Completing Hollywood Studios is worth 50 points. You can definitely cut out a few Magic Kingdom rides and make it way better. There's a definite optimization problem to be had here that somebody can go figure out if they really feel like they have the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, any other news that we wanted to discuss before we jump into the main segment tonight? John had one. I did. Muppets. Oh, about the... Muppet Show. How they're going to have all five seasons on Disney Plus now? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it's going to be coming to Disney Plus. That was the big announcement, apparently, that the Muppets did on Twitter. They said yeah. they had a big announcement coming. <laughs> you going to binge watch all five seasons? You know, I've actually had some of the seasons on DVD before, so I might go to some of the later seasons, because usually it was the earlier seasons on there. I don't know. I'm going to go find the one that Mark Hamill hosted, because that was a good one. I remember that I mean, one being always, really good. I mean, they always had some good ones. Yeah, Mark Hamill, Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone was, you know. Yeah, uh, I remember that one. He yeah, hosted one. I mean, they always had some, some good, really good ones. Yeah. They have really good jokes back then, too. Yeah, it was a great show. I mean, I did I did Muppet Vision 3D today, and I laughed out loud at that show. It was great. <laughs> that was your I first mean, time, see? So, yeah. The Muppets are good. You, so you can see why it's lasted 30 years now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and should should remain so, right? They should definitely keep the Muppet Vision show. Mm-hmm. Maybe they update something. but Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. So we'll let's talk about our trip. So, uh yeah. Adam and his family and myself and my family went down for a little bit of a, what do we want to call this trip? A, what was my birthday last Mm -hmm. week? It's my son's birthday next week. Uh, I got a new job. It was a holiday weekend. We wanted to see each other. There's lots of reasons that we went. It's open. It's open. They (laughs) require masks. I haven't been in six months and I had withdrawals. Yeah. That kind of yeah, thing. six six months withdrawal. So what a horrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the highlights, of course, going to be the VIP tour experience. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about a couple of things we did. Number one, the hotel. Yes. I stayed for five nights. Adam, you stayed for two. I arrived on Friday and left on Wednesday. You arrived on Saturday and left on Monday. We mm. stayed at one of the best accommodations at Disney World, if not the best, the Grand Destino Tower at Coronado Springs. Yeah. What a beauty. So nice to be back. Mm-hmm. She is a beautiful hotel with beautiful views. Yes. Well, I got a uh, free upgrade while I was there, which is the first time that's ever happened to me yeah. by Disney. I had a standard room booked, and when we got there, we had made a special request for to be on the same floor as Jason's family. And when we got there, the room wasn't ready. So they were like, well, we have a room the floor below, but it's a deluxe room. Is that okay? I was like, uh, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so when we say deluxe, we're talking a suite. Two rooms with two bathrooms. Yeah. Well, one and a half bath. I should say. But yeah, it's the deluxe room. It had a nice window out overlooking the three bridges and the lake area. It was nice. It was a very cool room. I got to ask, with it being the one below, did you try and like, I don't know, tap on the ceiling or something? Do like a Mr. <laughs> I don't think name? we're directly <laughs> above. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Uh, Adam was 
you know, closer to the elevators. I actually got the corner room lake view on seven and it was very nice because I had two two windows and the room is huge. The rooms there are so big. Yeah, they are big rooms. Colossal. Especially the deluxe room. <laughs> it's huge. I think the only things <laughs> that we kind of would say were a little less than stellar about Coronado during COVID is the hours for some of the dining, right? There's no Toledo. Yeah, um, that was a challenge. Dahlia Lounge, of course, doesn't open until 7. And let's say you want to eat lunch there. I mean, I guess you got El Mercado de Coronado, but eh. Yeah, it's not great. Three Bridges doesn't open till four. Rick's, so you got to eat at Rick's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rick's was not good whenever I was there. Last. Yeah, I'm just still saying. not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at least it wasn't for breakfast, anyway. Do you want to know what some of the best food I had while I was there? Siesta's Pool Bar. <laughs> uh, the French yeah. fries, by the way, were just amazing. I don't know what it was. I had the Wagyu beef hot dog, which I think was just, they took a hot dog and cut it up fancy and put some stuff on top and said, yeah, that's Wagyu. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't the drinks you had before that made the food taste better at the pool bar? That sometimes ha- helps. <laughs> just wondering. But we ate at Three Bridges a couple of times, actually. Yeah. I mean, the food is good there. The issue there I had was the mobile order took forever. And again, yeah. probably because really? it was so busy. For like, as a comparison, uh, I ordered breakfast to go at Gasparilla at Grand Floridian, and my food was just sitting there <laughs> waiting on me as I got there. And I literally checked in as I was walking through the lobby, and my food was already ready. Versus waiting twenty five minutes for food at Three Bridges both nights. So. Well, so I did go back earlier than you the second time we ate at Three Bridges. Yeah. And earlier in the night, they got my food ready very fast. Yeah. I think they were just overwhelmed, busy. I mean, they had an hour wait at 9 p.m. still, you know, to get in So for the sit-down. So, so. I, I have to ask, on all your mobile orders, was everything correct <laughs> on the mobile orders you did? One of my orders, they forgot a couple of things like the kids drinks they forgot and jason actually got it for me yeah i was able to get that for him otherwise the only other mobile order issue issue i ran into was today when i mobile ordered woody's lunchbox and i rope dropped woody's lunchbox (laughs) i had an 8 30 to 9 a.m window and the park didn't even open till nine we walked into the park at 8 35 and i went to go to my phone to say i'm here and it said, you failed to show up on time for your order or something like, you yeah. said you were here and we made your food and you weren't here. So you're charged and tough luck, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I went over to Woody's Lunchbox and I was like, hey, they're like, yeah, you weren't here within five minutes after you said you were here. And I'm like, I didn't say I was here. She's like, oh, it must have been a glitch. It happens sometimes. Radio's back. I walk in and then they hand me my food. So Wow. Interesting. That's hmm. the only other weird glitch i had um, five minutes though i mean seriously they say they basically say you know if you say if you're you, here you need to be and that five you have minutes to away. be five minutes from when they say your food is ready before you go pick it up you've got five okay. minutes to five minutes from the time that they push your food is ready so even though it takes 25 minutes for your food to actually be ready you have to be there within five <laughs> anyway. that's right 
So that was the accommodations. I think I love the grounds. I think my wife still believes yacht clubs her favorite, but that's because of some of the amenities. But she does admit the Just deluxe, yeah, right. The Grandestino. I don't know. I I gotta agree that Grandestino is is my favorite right now, as far as overall price, value, accommodations, and everything. It's the yeah. best value on property right now. Well, Destino is pretty much the only one that's kind of like a um, mod deluxe. What would you yeah. call it? <laughs> deluxe hybrid. I don't know. Or yeah. Deluxe light. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, I'll give one more tip for anybody that wants to stay at a Disney resort like Grand Destino. The drinks are overpriced everywhere, except yeah. at the gift shop at Panchitos. They sell yeah. wine basically at face value, and the liquor is basically at face value. So go buy a bottle of wine or a bottle of liquor. Yeah, and that's true. You'll save a ton of money. Panchito, because I, I yeah I bought a bottle of wine there too, and it was very reasonably priced. So yeah. I got a I got a bottle of wine for seventeen bucks there. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, a drink at the Dahlia Lounge is fourteen. Right. I know you can get a glass of wine at any of the restaurants, and it's going to be minimum of like twelve to seventeen dollars. So, for a glass, and that was a wonderful night that we had one night. My wife and I strolled around with cups of wine and strolled the grounds, just enjoyed it. Had a little wine before we went yeah. to bed. That's why you were. That was your last night, Adam, and we went back early. Yeah, you were in bed by the time we got back to our room. <laughs> we were yeah. at Epcot that night. Yeah. Anyway, so. Anyways, you dro- you did your thing where on Saturday you drove up and left Atlanta at like, I don't know. Three o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Actually, it was great because we had zero traffic the entire way down and got there at 9.30 in the morning. So You did? Yeah. Got your deluxe suite so that you could go. And we had Epcot reservations for our first day, and that opened at 11. I rope dropped Epcot from the International Gateway, hoping that Ratatouille would open. (laughs) Yeah, right. It didn't. But you missed rope a little bit. uh, Right. We had to activate my son's annual pass, so we had to wait in line a little bit for that to get through there, but took a little extra time. Yes. So while you were doing that, we rode Test Track, and we rode the Grand Fiesta Tour, and I got a margarita at La Cava. <laughs> uh, of course. This was after I ate at Trattoria Al Forno for breakfast and had a mimosa. So we Saturday, we drank a bit, I would say. It was basically from breakfast to dinner. Um, <laughs> I think we didn't repeat that there. any other days. And then uh, we finally got to see you guys. It was really exciting. I think my son didn't let go of your son. They walked hand in hand basically for at least an hour because he was just so excited to see him. Another another kid he could hang out with. That's cool. And so we we rode Frozen uh, without too much weight. The crowds weren't too bad. I think overall, even on the crowded weekend days, the... The mask compliance, where I say compliance meaning the nose and the mouth covered, was good. Much better than October. We navigated World Showcase without too much of a hiccup. Got around to the Skyliner, rode it to Hollywood Studios, and then did... We we basically went to Hollywood Studios while everybody from Hollywood Studios was headed to Epcot. It was mm-hmm. like the perfect way to run that that day. Yeah. Um, 
Because there was a huge line of people trying to get from studios to Epcot, the Skyliner. At 2 p.m., yeah. Because people yeah, are like, crazy. well, I'll ride stuff and then go eat at Epcot. Well, what you yep. should do is eat at Epcot and then go ride stuff at studios. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's kind of the way to do it, yeah. yeah. Agreed. And so we go to studios and we're able to get... It looked like a long line, but I think we waited maybe 25, 30 minutes to ride Runaway Railway. Not that bad. Yeah. I think it was listed at like 50 minutes, and we probably waited, you know, 25, like you said. Yeah, I noticed that line looks pretty bad, even when it's not. I mean, usually just the way they wind it. Yeah, it winds around a lot, all around the courtyard. And it was wonderful. It's a great ride. You know, there's some Mm -hmm. people that hate on that ride. I think it's great. I I love it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's got great rewritability because there's just so much that you you could be like, this time I'm going to look at this. Right. I think that's what I like because we did get a couple of different cars. I, I still don't think I've ever ridden in the very back car yet, but there's definitely things you can pick up on. Like one thing is Pluto has his own side story in the whole ride. And of course, we missed the pre-show to see that Pluto got sort of left behind in the pre-show which we don't see anymore but during different parts of the ride you can see pluto trying to catch up with mickey and minnie and uh at the end of course he does but there's a whole lot of different scenes where you can spot pluto if you're looking for him Uh, i i thought that was fun to try and find pluto so we rode that it was great and then kids wanted some snacks Adults were like, well, this is boring, so why don't we take these kids' snacks with us over to Baseline Tap House where we can have (laughs) some drinks and some snacks. Yes, some adult snacks and drinks, like the charcuterie board. It was pretty good there, and it was only 10 bucks. Yeah, not bad for a charcuterie board. At Disney. And it was was a decent amount of stuff on a charcuterie board for a $10 Disney charcuterie board. Yeah. I'll compare that one to the one at the Festival of the Arts. It's $14, and it's much less stuff. There's more different things on it, but it's about the same amount of food, and it's 14 bucks versus 10 So good value yeah. at the Baseline Tap House. Yeah, and I would say that was my first time at Baseline Tap House. I enjoyed myself. We did spot a couple of people sitting there with some Club 33 bags, and we were trying to figure out how to become their friends, but uh, <laughs> didn't work. Yeah, we had to stay socially distant so we couldn't chat with them. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I was like, why are you guys here? Isn't there a lounge somewhere around here? And can I go with you? Right. <laughs> Looks like they just come from said lounge, but then they decided to hang out at Baseline Tap House. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so we, we did that. It was a great fun. And we decided to stroll over to Galaxy's Edge, where we then rode Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Yeah. Again, not as long as the wait was posted. Well, it would have been even shorter, except for the fact that there was a big group in the fast packs queues. So I assume it broke down earlier, and they cleared yeah, out the people like. that were returning, and then it moved pretty fast. So yeah, yeah, it was a, a quick ride. I mean, everybody had left Hollywood Studios to go eat at Epcot. We did it backwards. It worked out great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Smuggler's Run, it had the dividers now, right? It mm-hmm. did, but we basically requested not to be seated with anyone else, and they respected that. Okay. Yeah. Well, how was and the experience with the dividers, though? I mean... Nobody rode back in the back. In the so. back, in your case? Okay. Yeah. Because we had seven people. We had seven people, so we split our party into four and three. Oh, uh, okay. Right. 
and then asked not to be seated with anyone else. Right. So the next next thing we hit up is saucers, and then we finished the night with a good runaway railway, and that was a really full first day, I want to say. Well, we did get a blurry picture with Grogu. I should say that, too. We got yeah, a blurry, yeah. photo pass. <laughs> Every it time is. they tried to take a picture, both our kids would just run out of the picture like, it's time to yes. get back in the stroll and go to sleep. <laughs> right, yeah, they didn't want to do the picture, but yeah, they're so we have a semi blurry picture, and they put Grogu in the in the shot. So, but that was cool. Yeah, but Saucers Runaway Railway was a walk on to finish tonight. We go back and have like the latest dinner I've had in forever <laughs> for three for you, yes. and we and we eat it in Adam's suite. Uh, it's not a room; it's his suite, and. Sure. Uh, I gotta, I gotta brag on Adam. He got me a awesome yeah. birthday present here. Uh, I have the. Is it the original poster or just one of the originals? <laughs> well, it's a print of the original a, a print, poster. A print just, yeah. of the original poster. <laughs> tiki room. Of the tiki room with Bob yes. Gurr's signature on it. Yeah. So it's exciting. My nice. wife doesn't really want me to hang Disney stuff around the house. Although when we came home today, I did hang it up in one of the rooms, and thus far she has not noticed it. (laughs) (laughs) How long is that going to take? I don't know, but I'll report back on how many days it takes before she realizes it's hanging in the house. Well, if I hang something up, it's going to be noticed almost immediately. So Yeah. Well, what are you going to do with the Haunted Mansion poster, John? Yeah, I was going to say, I got a Haunted Mansion poster of of that. I don't know yet. I do want to put it in their frame, of course, but after that, where I'm going to put it, I don't know. Cool. So that was that was day one. That was a pretty full day, and I I gotta say, I was like, how are we gonna top this? You know, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> but I really felt like there's no way we could get any better than today because we were together. We got we did a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was... we did a lot of stuff, and we weren't in a rush either. You know, we mm-hmm. rode. I don't know how many we just listed five, six, seven rides throughout the day, but we was slow paced. Mm-hmm. I ate a lot of food from the Festival of the Arts, so yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, I think we we really enjoyed ourselves. I think the only downside was we parked at the boardwalk because we wanted to go in the International Gateway, so we were able to get out much faster by riding the Skyliner back and go right to our car. You had to hurry to get in back into Epcot, <laughs> all right. the way to the front to get out. Yeah, so I I wonder if it's going to become more popular to try to book Trattoria so you can yeah get that it's not a spot. bad idea because of how you have to walk out of the park right now you have to walk either one side or the other and then if you go the mission space side you have to double back and then go by spaceship earth so it's not an easy way out or you could just stay at a skyliner slash epcot resort you could yeah you know what's going to make coronado <laughs> the best hotel ever is I was looking at it today, and it is a straight shot, basically, to just mm-hmm. take the turn station, turn it into mm-hmm. an actual station, yeah. and just shoot towards Coronado and hit Animal Kingdom. Just right, right down yeah, there. Yeah, I said that, uh, whatever, last episode or episode before, that you could do that. It's it's within reason. Yeah, but I was like riding the Skyliner today, and I looked at it, and I was like, God, there she is, and wouldn't it be great to just continue straight on down? So our second day, we pulled the the Hollywood Studios trick where we mm-hmm. got our rise boarding, boarding group, group and then went to Magic Kingdom. Yep. And at Magic Kingdom, I rode with my son Space Mountain. 
but we didn't really do that much, but still had a good time. Like ride wise, we didn't do that much. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we rode Haunted. What else did we even ride that day? Oh, that was the day that we also were late meeting up with you because <laughs> we stopped at Gasparilla, like I said, and we had breakfast there. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. We didn't do many rides because we parked at Grand Floridian and right. walked. And we the enjoyed walkway. the walk, yeah. Which yeah, we was, took our time on that walkway, yeah. Yeah, we did too. It was pleasant. Uh, we had an almost a breakdown in the morning because my son didn't want to eat anything for breakfast and was getting cranky. But we finally got him to eat something, and then we rode Space Mountain. So, uh, yeah. and he rode Tomorrowland Speedway. You rode Astro Orbiter. That's right. We, yeah, we did. Yeah, we rode Haunted Mansion. You know, we got a couple of rides in, ate lunch at the the Tomorrowland Terrace, which is really just Columbia Harbor House. We got on Resort TV One. Oh, yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, now I remember. <laughs> then we hopped to Hollywood Studios, did our Rise Boarding Group, and then I bailed because I was just tired. Right. Um, and I went to the pool. <laughs> okay, a couple of things really quick about that is we got to Hollywood Studios about 1.50 p.m., something like that. And we just walked straight in and didn't stop and, you know, our tickets. Yeah, it went green. I mean, we yeah. scanned and it went green. Right. It was, yeah, no issue whatsoever. But the lady was sort of just standing there by the tap styles and she was like, oh, I got like 10 more minutes before I can get in. And, you know, she didn't even try. She just was just standing there like, oh, it's not two yet. And we just went on in and <laughs> tapped in and walked away like it was nothing, you know. So there is obviously a grace period. It seems to be about 15 minutes, right? Is that what you... That's confirmed yeah, yeah. It's about 15 minutes 145 you can tap it without yeah. any questions without any issue yeah so just know that uh, don't have to wait till two on the dot it's not a exact thing the other thing i mentioned last episode i wanted to fix my lightsaber and the research that i had done i thought you had to buy a replacement piece if you have an issue with your lightsaber outside of say five days of having it built or whatever and it's been over a year but my piece has been broken essentially for a year across threaded and so i took it over to the savi's workshop and asked the cast member there the whatever you want to call it citizen of batu and uh he just looked at it was like oh yeah it is broken and he just took my lightsaber into the back brought it back a few minutes later with the piece replaced and just said have a nice day so another free thing that i got on this trip that i was not Hopefully expecting you didn't get any free viruses that you took home that's all <laughs> well let's hope not but a big shout out for that because i i thought i was more than willing to buy a replacement piece because it was driving me crazy having that broken piece but uh they did, just replaced uh, it did he know that you got it a year ago no he he just uh, he said do you have the lightsaber with you and i pulled it out of my bag and i showed him and he was like oh yeah he, he unscrewed it and was like oh it's definitely a broken piece and so he just took the lightsaber yeah. away, brought it back later, and was like, here you go, it's fixed. I mean, it just so. seems to me like he took it under the assumption that you hadn't had it that long, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't well, know. he didn't maybe, ask. Maybe not. So, again, yeah, he didn't ask. Like, you don't ask, don't tell. Like, I he didn't know. ask for a receipt or anything. <laughs> so it was just like, I, I just told him it's not, you know, I wanted yeah. to buy a replacement piece. I wasn't yeah. trying to hide the fact that I, I think, you know, it's been I think a year. Some of those things are lenient with covid wise too but it could be that too so again i think that's the other thing about disney is no rule is set in stone 
I think some of it depends on the cast member you interact with. Some of it depends on circumstances around you. <laughs> so. well, it was just like something I may have already said, but you know, the way they're handling the drink orders now, as far as like, you know, when you order something mobile order or something like that, there's literally nothing from stopping someone for not ordering drinks and just walking up to the drink station and saying, I have a, you know, whatever you, whatever it is and not even paying for it. There's nothing stopping anyone from doing that. Yeah. It's on you know, the honor system at the moment. Right. You mean like uh, the festival too. I noticed they, you know, they usually tear your receipt or they mark it with their uh, finger, whatever. And some still did that, but some didn't. So I was like, what's to stop me from literally going back through the line and handing their same receipt again and just being like, yeah, I got this again, you know. I, of course, I didn't do that, but. Right. Well, I mean, this is a different time right now. I think maybe they're willing to take a slight yeah. hit based on just still getting any business yeah. right now. So, yeah. So, yeah, you, you enjoyed some Epcot. I enjoyed a little bit of pool in the fairly cold weather, but the biggest <laughs> hot tub on properties at Great at Coronado Springs. Yes. So, we enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, got, I was in bed early early because i don't know there was a big day the next day yes there was so you got a couple of upgrades adam and and you also got an upgrade in that you got to tag along to my (laughs) i did my big splurge my what do you want to say my bucket list item and that is that we booked a private vip tour guide for monday which was martin luther king day so a holiday a fairly busy day I don't actually know how busy it was because I didn't really see the crowds. Let's walk through what it includes, uh, what we did, uh, what it was like, especially during COVID, because I don't think a lot of people have done, you know, a VIP tour, much less during COVID. And I've always wanted to do the VIP tour because I wanted to see what it was like, you know, go backstage, get whisked around. But it almost never really seemed worth it because you and I know the FastPass system well. We can get on the rides anyways fairly quickly and the and all those those reasons. So we're like, oh, is, it, mm-hmm. is it worth doing that? Probably not. But in the era of COVID, when there is no FastPass, when you want to be away from people as much as possible and you want to see something behind the scenes get that special difference well i went for it yeah so we started our vip tour by getting picked up at the hotel so the minimum amount of hours you can book for a vip tour is seven and that's what you pay for up front they charge you the day before and you're allowed to extend that up to 10 hours you just tell your tour guide day of and then they charge you Um, the rates for a vip tour vary by the day days like holidays being much higher than say middle of the week and a couple weeks after Labor Day or something, right? So, you know, that's going to be... Non-peak times, yeah. Non-peak times, it'll be much different. But you you get seven hours and then you're still pretty much expected, not required, to tip your tour guide, you know, at least 10% at the end of the tour, assuming you have a a good tour. A lot of people say, you know, don't waste your tour hours uh, getting picked up at the hotel. Most people pick their meet their tour guides at the parks. But we really didn't want to end up having our car stranded at a park so animal kingdom opened at eight we had park reservations for animal kingdom and we asked our tour guide to pick us up at coronado springs at eight we we met him early his name was homer he is a great tour guide yes highly recommend him Uh, highly recommend homer uh got us to sign our paperwork we were in the van by eight on our way to animal kingdom 
when you are on a VIP tour, you do not enter through the normal entrances. So yeah. this was especially exciting in a way to see stuff we'd never seen before, to avoid some of the crowds. So remember, yeah. Animal Kingdom opened at 8, which meant they probably dropped the rope, what, maybe 7.30, you think? Yeah. We, we arrive at the park, we go through a quick bag check, we're backstage, and we park right behind yeah. Flight of Passage and Navi River Journey. I should say, too, really quick, at the hotel, they did do a temperature screening before we got in the van, too. Yeah. So they checked everyone's temperature and then checked our bags at Animal Kingdom. We They checked our bags as we pulled into Animal Kingdom, but that's the only time. So it sounds like, you know, the VIP tour guide, it's on to him or her to make sure that you get temperature screened once and bag checked once. And he yeah. didn't check our tickets until, like, several hours later. But at some <laughs> yeah. point, he has to Halfway check to make in. sure you also have tickets. Right. <laughs> Which is interesting because the the one time he checked our tickets was at Hollywood Studios, which was a little later, and I ended up getting a survey from Disney asking about my visit to Hollywood Studios that day. So it was very interesting. Anyway. So yeah, we park backstage behind Pandora. We get to see what the show buildings look like. We did not yeah. realize that Navi River Journey is floor one, and then the Flight of Passage theaters are the levels above it. They're all in the same show building, stacked on top of each other. Yeah. So we exit our van, we enter in through a, a cast member entrance, and we just emerge directly into Pandora. Right. I decided <laughs> I wanted to do Navi River Journey because I hadn't done it in forever, and the lines for it have been really long during the pandemic. So yeah. we started there, uh, waltzed right on got a nice nice little ride it's also something everybody in our party could ride so right started yeah. us off on the right foot and then we said of course we wanted flight of passage so at the time that we got off navi river journey the posted wait time for flight of passage was 150 minutes yeah what the vip tour guide gets you is basically a fast pass to any mm-hmm. ride that has it except for rise of the resistance so one of the benefits of using a VIP tour guide during COVID is there is nobody else in the fast pass line. So you're basically getting almost front of the line access. I mean, you have the last mile once you get to the merge point where you get mixed with everybody else. Right. But it's you don't have to wait with any other fast pass return guests. Yeah. Only rider switch people maybe or some people who are returning for a different reason, but that's about it. Occasional Club thirty three. <laughs> maybe yeah i mean there were, like there was a couple of people in front of us at flight of passage when we first went in a lady right. and two kids probably a rider switch is what i'm assuming yeah it's what it seemed like yeah right so we go up to the front the tour guide goes with you all the way to the front of the line but they do not ride with you during covid because they're not allowed yeah. i think our tour guide said he hasn't ridden anything in almost a year because you know he hasn't really been able to go outside of his right but he took us up to the front and you get to the cast member. He tells them how many you have and, you know, talks to them and then off you go. So we rode flight of passage once and then we get off and your wife didn't get to go because uh, one of your sons is not tall enough and my wife loves it. So your son, your older son. Yeah. And, first um, time. It was and the he first time it. and he wanted to do it again. So he rode it along with your wife my wife, they wrote it a second time, so on and off again. And I, I actually had I ordered us a, a grog beer to split while we waited <laughs> yeah. on them. Right. The day wasn't about having drinks, but I'm in Pandora. I'm not going to get Satuli. I need to get, at least get a grog beer. Right. Right. <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> when in Pandora. <laughs> when in Pandora, have a grog ale. So we got, you know, Navi River Journey, flights, two flights of passage, and we were picked up at our hotel all within the first hour. Right? Yeah. So, Not bad. Right. And, and really all the time was spent actually riding the rides. Yeah. So already a VIP experience for sure. The lines were, of course, fairly long. Uh, our VIP tour guide meets up with us as soon as everybody's off the ride, and we want to go to Expedition Everest, which is my son's favorite ride. I understand pre-COVID they take you around backstage in the van to get to this, but I think that must not be that spot must not be open. So he walked us through the park to Expedition Everest, where my son proceeded to ride <laughs> three times, and I rode with him. And Oof. the tour guide got us up through the fast pass line, got to the front. He's like, "Where would you guys like to ride?" And my son's like, "Front." He's like, they would like to ride in the front. So they put us in the front. Then we go yeah. up the second time. Where would you like to ride? In the back. Put us in the back. Go up yep. the third time. Where would you like to ride? Middle. Put us in the middle. So he, he works with the cast members to accommodate your request. seating yeah. request as well. Yeah. And I rode Everest twice in a row, and I was feeling it. After that, I was getting like the little head dizziness uh, after the second in a row. So, so I can only imagine times. how you did it. Yeah. Three times, you and I both skipped the second flight of passage at least, but yeah. Yeah. Three yeah. Everest in a row. He said his record on any tour that he has hosted was a family did it eight times in a row. Whew. That's a lot. I don't, know. I don't know how anyone does. Maybe I'm just getting old. But again, I mean, all of our time was spent riding the ride. Yeah. The other thing I loved is I got to talk with the tour guide and he did a great job being interested in what I was saying. I'm sure he wasn't, but we were paying him and I got to pay someone to just listen to me rattle on about Disney world. So, right. And he, he had some cool inside info that like some hidden things or some. Oh yeah. There was a lot of hidden things we didn't know. He helped us. We'll talk about it later, but he helped us find some, some hidden Mickey's and Tinkerbell stuff. He helped us find all sorts of stuff. Very knowledgeable, uh, about the parks yeah. and gave us some interesting insights about stuff. He revealed that, you know, it's the VIP tour guides that shuttle around the execs to when they visit the parks. So he's got to meet yeah. folks like Josh tomorrow and stuff. And yeah. that's pretty cool. So, yeah, that was some cool stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that finishes up animal kingdom. So, you know, we got picked up at the park. I mean, at our hotel at eight, we're done with Everest and all that by, I don't know, was it maybe 9.30, almost going on 10 because we walked across the park. So obviously you're not allowed to park hop until 2, but we're on a VIP tour, so we can do what we want. So we go load up in the van and hop over to Hollywood Studios because we wanted to ride Slinky Dog Dash because that always has a very, yeah. very long wait. And your youngest had never ridden it. Right. It is a great ride. So we park we pull into hollywood studios backstage right behind rock and roller coaster i remember getting out of the van and it says do not open this door without calling first as it will halt the ride and the guy's like yeah on the other side of that door is the track <laughs> yeah the launch tunnel we were parked right next to the launch tunnel and then we popped out right next to racing Lightning academy Queens. yeah yeah so we pop out we walk over to Toy Story Land and waltz past the line again. So yeah, the line was out to waltz. Uh, well, the One Man's Dream area. What's it called now? Walt Disney Presents yeah. for Slinky. But we just walked right up to the front. And 
jumped in. He line. taps us in. We all we all ride Slinky the first time. Not everybody wants to go the second time, so but we go a second time. We almost went a third, but it was just you and Aiden that wanted to go, and I think we probably should have gone a third time, but we were also like, yeah, well, people were getting tired of roller coasters at that point, so we're just like, yeah, it's fine. We'll just move on to the next. Yeah, we'll just move on because you know we we wanted to. We were hoping that maybe. The kids wouldn't want to do some stuff a couple of times so we could get different things in, which we'll talk about in a second. So yeah. we decided to go do Runaway Railway again, even though we had done it twice already. I was like, I want to do it again, you know, see it one more time. And so for that one, we actually got to go through the Fast Pass line, which very few people have ever done. Because yeah. the Fast Pass line was open for what, maybe like five days? <laughs> I don't right. know. Yeah, exactly. Not long. But it was a, a wonderful ride, just like it always was. And got to ride Runaway Railway. And then my son, of course, loves Tower of Terror. I thought we were going to get, he was going to do several rides at Tower of Terror. So my wife went on with him while the rest of us sat down and ate snacks out of our bag. And I appreciate this the most out of uh, you all and my wife because eating is important. But everybody skipped lunch for this because we all knew yeah. that sitting down to eat lunch was a waste of the money. <laughs> so we all. Right. You're paying for the food and you're paying for the time. You're just sitting there, so yes. might as well be doing something else, yeah. Yeah, so we all ate, you know, trail mix and jerky and all sorts of stuff while yeah. we waited on them to ride tower. I thought they were going to do it two or three times, but my son gets off once, and he's like, all right, we're done. So, yeah, the exit to from Hollywood Studios, we didn't go out the same way we came in, which was pretty cool. No. We went back through Tower of Terror's exit queue, and you know, right there where you get off, John, to where the pictures are, and stuff. where the pictures are, there's mm-hmm. a little exit there that says emergency exit only or cast members. Yeah, we just right. went out that door, and there's people sitting there like, what the heck are those people doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was like some maintenance workers back there, just kind of like, oh, okay, because the wheelchair ramp we had to we had the stroller, so we had to go down the wheelchair, ramp. and there was like some maintenance guys going like, who are you? Because we had to go separate from the other. Uh, rest of everybody but that's where he also scanned our magic bands he took us into like a little backstage area for i think it was the backstage area for rock and roller coaster right it was tower terror the it was tower terror's backstage area that's right because we didn't walk all the way over there and there was a little thing where he could scan our magic bands we're like what would you do if we didn't actually have tickets it's like, I would take your credit card and I would walk it to Grass Services and I'd buy tickets for you. And apparently he's had to do that before. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. It, just to see, like, behind the scenes. Because literally everything is themed and then you go back into this, like, white hallway of this very different looking. One door between you and the theming is all it is. So Yeah, which was cool. I, I, that's, I told him, I was like, that's the kind of stuff we want to see because we can ride these rides. Now... Even in a non-COVID time, it would be very hard for us to pull off back-to-back Slinky Dogs. Yeah, right. right. Back-to-back Slinkies, yeah. You might could do it twice in a day, but not back-to-back. Yeah. Right. And definitely not a back-to-back Flight of Passage. No, yeah. Not that quick, no. I have pulled off back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back Everest in a January before, though. (laughs) Just pulling fast passes as fast. You know, as soon as you tap in, you just get another one. Like, that one was easy to get. So we were ahead of schedule in my internal schedule. So this is the thing. If you're going to do a VIP tour, number one, 
you still kind of got to come with a loose plan of what you want to do. You don't have to plan it. You just need to tell them what your must-dos are so that they can optimize it. If you're just like, I don't really know, you're going to waste a lot of time because you get your money's worth by rewriting rides you want to ride and making sure you hit the things you absolutely want. So in my head, I sort of had this idea we were going to ride Tower a lot and we wouldn't have a whole lot of time left, so we should just go to Magic Kingdom. But since my son only rode once, we only did Slinky twice instead of three times. We had a little bit extra time and we said, well, your youngest had never ridden Test Track. All the kids love Test Track. We want to ride Test Track. And I had understood that when you go to Epcot on the VIP tour, you actually park at Test Track. So... To me, this was the best part of the tour. Yeah, our wives far. thought this was the worst part because they felt so awkward. Right, but this was fun. Part being able s- to park right under test track. Yeah, we said we want to go to test track. Yeah, they drive us up and we park literally under the track. Yeah, cars whizzing by on, over us. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We get out. We walk down the way a little bit, and there's a little backstage entrance area right there. And so the way the line was wrapping out of Test Track is, you know, it was wrapping the normal way, and then it came out and it went down that little alleyway to where the Exodus goes back up. Between Space 220 and Test Track buildings, yeah. Yeah, and then it just kept wrapping. I mean, I have no idea what the wait time was because I didn't even look, but it was a long line. And so basically, if you come out of that backstage entrance, you come out where the line is. Yeah, so you cut through all the people. (laughs) Yeah. So we just emerge out of nowhere, <laughs> tour guide and seven people. We were wearing shirts with our names on them too. So, yeah. Um, right. And we emerge out of nowhere and just start waltzing and everybody is looking at us. Yeah. Everybody. Staring at us like, who, what? And yeah. they're, I think they're all like, are these famous folks? Do I need to know who these folks are? Right. Our wives were like putting their sunglasses on and hiding their names. And um, <laughs> we... Yeah, I. they're like, I feel awkward. And I'm like, I'm going to see my credit card bill tomorrow. I don't feel the slight bit guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so exactly. we walk right up to the Fast Pass entrance. He taps in. We walk up. We go up to the front of the line. We hop on. We ride Test Track. He's waiting for us at the exit. Yeah. We thought we were going to go the same way back. And have to so. see all those people again. But instead... There's just a little side emergency exit. He opens the door. We walk out. We're backstage. We get on the van. We were in Epcot. We, from like parking to leaving, it was like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's all it was. That was like the shortest amount of time I've been in any park. Because <laughs> uh, we were funny. basically driven to the ride. Wow. That was the coolest part. Yeah. It and was we, we sort of saw some behind the scenes hallways of test track building and we saw the maintenance shop and all that stuff there was a car on the like the the dolly what do you call it the those behind the scenes hallways i think you'll see if you there's you know some event space in the test track building you can rent and that would be how you would get to some of those event spaces there's a lounge up there yeah it was pretty awesome so that was park three so we booked our seven hours, so it's 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. I think at this point, it's only like, I don't know, 12.30, maybe yeah, 12, 12.30. Yeah. yeah, and we said, okay, let's go to Magic Kingdom. And our, our to-dos on Magic Kingdom was Pirates. And the reason we wanted Pirates is, number one, I love it. And number two, he said you got to go in through a, as he called it, what, the Tom Cruise entrance? Yeah, that's what he called it, the Tom Cruise Because I was like, which rides do I get to go in a special entrance at Magic Kingdom? 
So that was one of them. We yeah. wanted to do Big Thunder, Seven Doors Mine Train, and Space. Right. So we go, and he starts to send Adventureland. So first of all, we park in the parking lot right at the Magic Kingdom. So we, when we go in, we basically enter into that backstage area that they use for like the parties, right? When you enter in or the overflow yeah. area. Behind so you, Tomorrowland and Main Street. Yes. Yeah. So you, you, you enter in there, and then you pop out, and you're in the hub. Um, well, before we got there, though, remember he told us how the Tinkerbell thing works? Oh, yeah. We <laughs> were, yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, we were in the, the parking lot, and we got to see where Tinkerbell lands yeah. when she comes off the castle. For the fireworks. It, it was pretty incredible. Apparently, it's a controlled crash landing every night. Yeah. It's very <laughs> primitive for what you would think Disney uh, would do nowadays. It's well, nobody sees it. That's the thing. Nobody sees that area so unless you're doing it, right? So. Yeah. And it's he told us it's very precise. Like, Tinkerbell has to weigh a specific weight. Not a pound more, not a pound Yeah, less. it's like a five-pound range. Uh, if anything more, she'll go too fast. If too, too less, she won't make it all the way down the line. Right. And All I know is I'm out. <laughs> right. That's well, right. yes. Well, they, they, he also said there's no real system to it. They push her out the window. It's a very tiny little area, and they just, like, shove her out the window. She lights up and does her thing, and then they catch her with a mattress at the end and a control crash landing. I can say when you put it that way, it doesn't sound very very nice at all. It sounds like you light her on fire and push her out a window. Her lights turn off at a certain point on the line, and then if she doesn't make it, she has to hand over hand crawl down the line. Right. Um, she comes in too hot. She's got to hope the mattress saves her catch before her. she hits the the metal that's in the little cage at the catch area. But oh, anyway. it's not even memory foam. Yeah. And somebody who's a uh, park exec, maybe the VP of the park, drives a very nice car because you know there there was a bunch of cast member stuff parking there. It was you know your yeah. average car, and then there's just like this sports car crazy sports car Jaguar, and I'm like, I wonder who that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, anyways, we roll in to Magic Kingdom, and he takes us to Adventureland to start with. And to go into Pirates, you go in a little alleyway next to where the queue starts yeah. as you're coming in. By Jungle Cruise. And, yeah. By Jungle Cruise. We go in the middle, and I'd been in that backstage area technically once before because that's how they routed us when I tried to come in on July 4th, 2019, and it was you know near fireworks. So... I came in, I got, we got to see that area, but then we pop into a back door into Pirates. We walk up an alleyway, and we are at the boats. Yeah. Like, we didn't go through the fast pass line. We were just at the boats. Yeah, literally. It's like we went in this door, and then you can see the line, but he takes us another way, and then you just end up directly down the ramp on the one side going down into the line. That was very interesting. Where they load the boats, I mean. Yep. So, and that, yeah. so that was a fun ride. We got to do Pirates. That was uh, cool, yeah. It was one of the longer rides we did, but I was glad we did it. And then, of course, we have to do Big Thunder because it's, I think, eight, or it was Aiden's favorite. I don't know what your son's favorite is anymore since mm. he wrote so much new stuff. I know, yeah. I think he, it's like Flight of Passage or Slinky now. Wow. But yeah, okay. he still loves Big Thunder, though. It was one of his favorites. Yeah. My son melted down a little bit there and, and needed some ice cream. So my wife and son stayed off of that last second. We rode Thunder. Yeah. But this is where the VIP tour guide really helped your son with finding the yeah. hidden Tinkerbell profile at the exit. Right. Uh, yeah, because he had heard about it 
and he was looking for it and he was like oh well i'll show you here it is and he walked us over to it and yeah it's uh, hidden tinkerbell at the exit area of uh, big thunder yeah so he was very knowledgeable of all those things and it was very helpful we only rode that one once though uh before we decided we wanted to go to seven doors mine train which of course yeah. i think the line was wrapped around the mountain yeah it was right. we waltz up to the fast pass line more or less get right on and we were trying to find uh the hidden oswald yeah, he was telling us about this, which I had never heard of, the hidden Oswald on uh, Seven yeah, Doors Mine either. Train. Yeah, and so the first time around, I didn't see it because he was trying to describe where it was. It's a very... It's at the end of the the last yeah. lift hill. Yeah, you're in the on cave. one of the support beams of the cave on the left side. And I couldn't find it, so he showed us a picture of it on his phone. And he was like, "This, you know, this is what it looks like. So then the second time I did see it and it's very hard to spot because it's not very obvious. So, but it's there. It's definitely there. But Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is fun and we got to do yeah. it literally two times in a row. Yeah. The cool that, cause like whoever gets to do Seven Dwarfs Mine Train twice and you know, like you're off and then you just get right back in and go right back on. Like that never happens. So that's pretty cool. Well, yep. I pretty much did that. Not, uh, pretty close to it, about as close as you can get. And they, this is before COVID, though. It was two fast passes in a row, basically. Well, was it your <laughs> same band, or were you sort of stacking? No, it, was some, no, it wasn't the same band. Uh, That's what I'm well, saying. I yeah. guess that would be the, yeah, if you had somebody that sat out and you could jump back in yeah. with their, yeah. Or a rider switch situation. Sometimes you can do it that way. But yeah, that was when I determined after riding it back to back, I was like, this ride's really not that good. I, mean, I think we really enjoyed it because it was a little bit <laughs> lower speed. And, you know, we, we thunder yeah. not everybody could do, yeah, uh, or did do, I should say. And then it was a lower speed, and we were looking for the Oswald. So yeah, and I think I enjoyed it more this time because I was actually looking for something hidden. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, you're looking probably. for details. It's it's actually kind of fun when you're doing it like that. Maybe I should rephrase the way I said that. Not that it's not that good. It's that it's overrated. Let's put it that way. It is overrated. The wait time doesn't justify the experience there that it usually gets. Yeah, I agree. But it's a fun ride. If if it wasn't such a long wait, I would do it much more often, obviously. But I still like it. Yeah. And we did it two times. I think yeah. we could have probably fit in a third time, but we wanted to ride space. And yeah. here's the thing. We ended up, as I'm going to talk about in a minute, when we got back to our hotel, we're going to end up with a few minutes still left on our clock, but we couldn't have pushed it any longer than we did. The kids were melting. <laughs> Quick. The kids hit their limit. If you were in an adults only version of this, we could have pushed, but yeah, the kids were melting. So we go to space mountain. Your son had never done it. Yep. And I My was very proud it. because I wasn't expecting him to do it. He's we not talked a thrill him in throughout the day though. He was wavering and we saved it for last. Yeah. I got to say, I'm very proud of him that he really enjoyed it, talked himself into it, it, loved it, and did it again. So, so the first time we go up the Fast Pass queue line, right? Yeah. And we go off to the right. We board our cars. We go up. It's a great ride. It's a lot of fun. We yeah. get off. Your son says, I want to do it again. I'm like, I think we got time to do it again. He's like, you guys want to do it again? Like, we're in the exit line, and we think we're going to have to exit, go back out, go up, right? He's like, he's like, all right, then. 
my wife says she wants to sit out. She's like, you just sit there and wait on me. And he just walks us up this exit ramp. Yeah. Right? To the other side. To the other side, where we just pop out right at the cars. And he's just like, four, please. Yeah. (laughs) And we literally got on the train, like, cut in front of everybody. And we were on the next train. So much so that I didn't have time to even decide, like, the order we were going to sit in. Because I thought my son wouldn't want to sit without me directly behind him. But he was fine. So we literally like, just like, jumped on the from train. <laughs> getting off a train to getting on another one was like 30 seconds. I don't know. Well, I mean, it was a minute because we had to say, oh, we want to ride it again. But like, right. it was fast. Yeah. We, we literally, once he walked us up the ramp, we just walked straight onto the train. And the people sitting there were looking at us like, who are these people? That, That's we got true. to look a lot. And from now yeah. on, I'm not going to look like that at VIP Fuchs. I'm going to be like, you own it, you do it. Enjoy yeah. that day. Exactly. Yeah. So we fun. still had some time left. We get off space. Um, we go over to the castle, get some castle shots. We sit around because the guy that does the zoom in picture is on a break or something. And I really enjoyed it, enjoyed that 10, 15 minutes where we just sat and talked with Homer and enjoyed the music. and Yeah. So we got in. to learn some of his background of where he started at Disney Quest, which I thought was really cool. Met his uh, wife there. Met his wife there, and he's they've both been with the company over 20 years. She she worked there longer than he has, and it's just cool to learn their you know background and a little bit more about them, and I would definitely want to do it with him again. It's just because you kind of get to know somebody doing this, and yeah, it's cool. Well, the thing is, is there's always, with Disney, there's always another level. He tells us that, you know, <laughs> this true. tour, you get through the Fast Pass line. And he doesn't want Fast Pass to come back because basically there's nobody else in the line. Uh, but there's always the next level, the celebrity level tour, where you don't ever really even emerge out into the parks. You use utilidors, you take backstage to everything. You enter into the back of whatever attraction you're trying to do. That's for the people who really don't want to be seen. And that's right. like... Way more than what we even paid. I'm like, more there's always double, another yeah. level. With Disney, there's always another level. Always. And I think that one also includes the Cinderella suite. Really? Mm, it wouldn't surprise me. Originally, I was thinking, well, we're going to use every last ounce of this. We're, we're going to ride rides right up till bitter end, till 3 p.m. But I was like, the kids are melting down, and the last thing I want to do after this day where I literally spent probably four or five of those hours where at the end of it, I was like, I haven't thought about covid at all yeah not even once and i was like the last thing i want to do is go get on a bus back to our hotel we finished up in time with a little bit of time to spare and got him to load us up in the van and take us back to our hotel and dropped us off if you count all the re-rides and not all of us rode everything because some of us sat out here and there 17 rides in seven hours all four parks backstage experiences Picked up and dropped off with 15 minutes to spare. I mean, it was 2.45 when we were done. Yeah. You were going to drive back home. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we had a full day. You know, we went and sat in our room for a little bit. I ended up having dinner at Narcoosie's. I was in bed again at 8 o'clock that <laughs> night. <laughs> That's Disney and COVID, you know. The parks are closed early. It's actually nice because you it forces you to have more resort time, which is a, a good thing. Yeah, more sleep, too. Yeah, that's true, because usually we're going on like three hours, four hours sleep. I was in bed by like 9, 9.30, like every night that we were there, and we were there in November. So Yeah, relax a little more. I guess this is where we give our review. 
my review of it is if it wasn't for COVID, would it have been worth it? The price I paid? Probably not. Because I could have probably had us a really good fast pass filled day. I wouldn't have gotten the backstage experiences, but we did it on a very, I want to say expensive day because it was a holiday. Yeah. I've always wanted to do one. I always assumed I would do it on one of the slower days just to get some of the experiences. But was it worth it during COVID? A lot of people that I've looked at, you know, very few people have done it since COVID. And I did a little bit of research and people are a little upset with the things that they've cut, right? The guides don't ride rides with you. The guides don't eat with you. There's not as many... I would say freebie kind of things, right? They don't give you snacks and drinks because, you know, COVID. Right. And I'm like, actually, during COVID, I felt like I got my money's worth and more because of a few things. Number one, there's nobody else in the fast pass line. So we got an even bigger benefit on the line skipping. Number two, there is no fast pass otherwise. Number three, I didn't think about COVID for four or five hours and I just enjoyed my day at Disney World. Mm-hmm. and I got to see the backstage areas, and I got to learn a lot from Homer. Our kids asked him a lot of questions. He even, my son, I bought him this Pandoran light-up dagger, and he, my son like hit him with it a couple of times, and I told him to stop, but Homer took it in stride. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's used to that anymore. <laughs> so. It was an incredible, unforgettable experience. Mm-hmm. And I think we used it on the right day. I mean, it was a holiday, it was busy, and we didn't even have to worry about it. And we were done with our day fairly after park hopping began. We'd already been to all four parks and done a bunch of stuff. What was your thoughts, Adam? Worth it? Not worth it? Any I think, thoughts? like you said, it's def- I would say it's worth it. Even not COVID, I think it's worth it when it's not the expensive rate, like the most expensive rate. Especially if you can divide the price up among adults. But definitely during COVID, I think it's a really good way to experience a lot of things without having to expose yourself to too many people, if that's something you're really concerned about. In general, I think it's a fun thing to do, like a splurge, if you want to do something to treat yourself. or I think it's worth it in that regard, too. You know, Why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the the price is pretty obnoxious, but I was able to pull this off pretty much because I'm getting a giant vacation payout. But this during COVID can cut days off of your trip as far as like if you're looking at ways to save money, right? Rather than having to be there for multiple days, you can basically knock it all out in one day. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if there's like stuff, like if you're a once in a, couple years guest and you have never gotten to ride you know flight of passage or something because you just don't want to wait in line or it's hard to get fast passes that kind of thing just you know you can do this and you can ride as many times as you want now will we do it again knowing us probably at some point not anytime soon <laughs> but i do enjoy that you told your son your youngest son before the day even started time to go on your first tour yeah and your wife is like first only (laughs) but then (laughs) by the end of the day your wife was like well you know if we split it you know maybe we could do this again right (laughs) she's like asking homer for his card yeah (laughs) which we have his card yeah we have his card and she's ready to go she starts the day all 
Miss Skeptical, and now she's the one ready to book another one. Right. That's true. Again, I think it's, you know, you can have up to 10. I don't know if we mentioned that. You can have up to 10 people for a tour. So mm-hmm. if you have enough adults and you can split the cost, it's not that terrible. Right. It depends on, again, the rate that you paid is very high, I would say, yeah. compared to the normal, like the lower rate that is a possibility depending on the day, you know. There's a range. I feel like if I had paid for it on Tuesday or Wednesday, that would have been a waste because we're probably not going to have enough time to really go into too much depth on my last two days of parks. But let's just put it this way. Once the holiday was over, the parks <laughs> were nowhere near as crowded. I got to yeah. ride pretty well. And we took it easy because we had already ridden everything. We did some pool days. We just roped a couple of things, went all back, went late night. And so it would have been a waste on those days. But on that day... You didn't have to worry about, is this person behind me going to stay on their line? <laughs> yeah, that's true. For the 30 minutes we're in this queue. Well, there's another argument for it is you can use that as your park day and then use a couple other days as hanging around the resort doing other stuff. You right. know? And if you're if you're like me who canceled your annual pass and you're paying for tickets, it could save you a lot of money if you only pay for one day of tickets. Hmm. <laughs> we're not saying this is like cheap, of course. No, it's not cheap. But I'm trying to just say, here's some, some thoughts on how to do it. I I yeah. actually am, am trying to give it a positive light because I read a lot of reviews beforehand. And pre-COVID, it was, you know, bloggers are the way they are. That's someone with a podcast saying this. But are all, like, <laughs> praiseworthy all over the place. But post-COVID, I saw some of the reviews were like, this is nothing like it was pre-COVID. Not worth your money. And I think I'm just trying to make the case that it might be more worth your money during COVID than pre-COVID because of the intangibles like being away from people. You get more of the front of the line experience because there's nobody else in the fast pass line, those kind of things. So I'm glad I did it when I did is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, when you don't have the other for the basis of comparison that you've actually experienced. You, you just kind of read what was included and people who've experienced it. That's probably the reason why they feel differently. They feel like, well, I paid this for it and I'm getting fewer things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then I, then I paid exactly the same for it when, when I got all these perks, you know, it probably has something to do with having a basis of comparison as well, which I mean, it sounds like, given the circumstances, especially, it was a it was a definitely an enjoyable experience, even with without the other parts. I mean, like you didn't have anything to miss, so to speak, because you didn't you never had the other perks before. So, yeah, right, and yeah, the intangible of just not being around people and still <laughs> getting to do everything. What I was kind of say is, it's kind of like the 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 toy that you give to the baby, right? They can't miss it if you never give it to them. You take it away after you give it to them. (laughs) Yeah. So sorry, John, that you weren't able to uh, join us on this, but hopefully you got to join us in spirit. Um, Yeah, it was neat kind of just checking in with you guys, you know, and following along with what you were doing on the tour. The other thing that was cool was when we exited Tower of Terror building, you get a very unique angle of looking at that building of course i wasn't i couldn't take a picture because we're backstage but i'll have the mental picture of seeing tower of terror from the other side that you hardly ever get to see it from that close up you know so it's 
it's cool to you get different angles that you've never seen before and kind of makes it a really cool experience to be able to see things from a different perspective yeah because i've always seen satellite pictures of main street and that little parking area behind main street and tomorrowland and you see like oh that'd be what would it be like to see that you know to go in the park from that angle or whatever and you get to actually do that it's kind of neat to see and i think when we're leaving the park we saw a group of cast members sort of getting a pep talk from one of their managers like before they went into the their shift i imagine or something they were they were huddled in a circle uh, distance, like a, little, a distance circle. Yeah, yeah, I should say huddled. That's kind of the wrong word, but they were in a circle and they were getting kind of a motivational talk. It sounded like as we were walking out. But anyway, little things yeah. like that you'll never get to see unless unless you work there or yeah. you pay for this, right? So he took good care of us. We learned a lot. I'm trying to see if there's anything else we missed about that tour. Oh, the other thing I was going to mention is I did talk his ear off a little bit about the challenge. He was very intrigued, and he was like, you you wrote everything without a VIP guide? And I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, what counts? And then I was telling, I was like, you know, when we were in Magic Kingdom, I was like, you know, it's pretty popular in the challenge to rope drop Astro Orbiter. He's like, us too with the VIPs because there's no fast pass line and it takes forever. And so we can't get you to skip. So if we, if someone really wants Astro, we put it on the front of the tour. Uh, yeah. So a lot of the same tips and tricks uh, might come in, in handy there. So hmm. You also talked to him about riding the wave. So if that loophole <laughs> gets closed... We'll know <laughs> what happened. Who to blame? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he has any incentive or motivation to talk yeah. about to rat out the the wave. I was gonna say you've already done it on the show, so you ate there. The wave so. is going to be fine because I did book a breakfast reservation at the wave and I ate there. Okay. Yeah. And their there bottomless mimosas are only nineteen bucks. And I had three, <laughs> and then I rope dropped tiki room, and I sang. Okay, there was only one other family in the tiki room with us. Right. So when you ate at the wave, did you tip 300% to make up for the other times? No. <laughs> but apparently, did the wave used to be a buffet breakfast? Yeah, they, they had a buffet. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, it was because there was one yourself. family that sat down, and apparently, I, I don't want to make too many judgments, but no, they, they were larger people oh, Okay, on the larger weren't. side. And they were sitting... And I heard, because there wasn't that many people in the restaurant, but I heard them talking to the server, and apparently they had eaten their meal and then asked for a refill. And he had to explain to them that that was not uh, unlimited anymore. Uh-huh. Yikes. Yeah, the I just didn't know how recent a buffet it was when it was yeah, a buffet. The Wave actually used to be a go-and-get-it-yourself buffet, so that would probably explain why they don't do that right now. I mean, they may do it again one day. I don't know. Yeah, because they don't do any current buffets right now. Not now. Yeah, Not I, unless I, it's I, the I, family I, style. Yeah. Buffets typically lower-quality food. I'm, I wish they just stay family-style forever. And I got the Florida Eggs Benedict, which was amazing. I mean, it was poached eggs on top of a crab cake, on top of, yeah, mm. English muffin. Fantastic. Wait, so I actually ate at the wave. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I rope dropped the confectionery in the tiki room. That tells you how much I go to Disney and what it's like the day after a tour. You're like, yeah, I'll just go to the tiki room. 
So you missed a perfect opportunity to do, what is it, Sorcerers of the Kingdom before it goes away, right? You could have I saw lots that. of people doing it, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure they were trying to get it all in before it goes away. Because it's like next week, I think. Yeah, in <laughs> a couple days as we're, <laughs> yeah. as this will be out, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of people still doing that. On my last day, we got our rise boarding group. We did Muppet Vision. We rode the Skyliner. Yep. And I left at about 11.30 so that as I drove out of Disney World, I listened to uh, Joe Biden's inaugural address. Yeah. All the Presidents is now under refurbishment. There's a new animatronic coming to town. Yeah, I wonder, do they have the animatronic ready to go and then they just sort of like finish mold his face or whatever after the fact? I don't know. Because I know it took a long time for the last one, but that was not Disney's fault. I wonder when it'll reopen now. It'll be interesting to see how long it'll take. Mm, I mean, they probably have a baseline animatronic anyway, because it's not like they yeah. like have to... Re- you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Are they just recycling ones from like the great movie ride still? <laughs> it's <laughs> so. possible. I mean, I don't know. They have something to work with already is what I'm trying to get at. I thought they like already they have... recycled everything from the great movie ride and used it for the thin animatronic. <laughs> yeah. They could have. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just curious, like what what they what the process is there. Like I say, because the mannerisms, they just program. I mean, they like I said, I bet you they have like a base model, almost like a T100, right? You're right. Thinking like Terminator terms. <laughs> yes. They never have a base model that just program with the mannerisms of whoever they got to put in next. So. Well, now they need to make the liquid metal one. Is that the uh, <laughs> is that the Kylo Ren one? He's supposed to be that one. I guess I don't know. Yeah. That would be a cool Disney Plus. A little documentary, wouldn't it, to see how they do that? Oh, but we we didn't mention, by the way, about Kylo Ren is Rise. He was back. the 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 animatronic yeah. was back, flailing about. Yeah, there was. Well, what about when you wrote it today? Was there any? It was still animatronic, flailing about. Yep. So there was no, because I there was nothing that was not working. I should say everything was operating what, smoothly. Were all the cannons moving? Only the first cannon was moving, right? Uh, you're right. I think only the first one moved. We did Today, sort of... Today, this yeah. other thing that was broken was at the very end, Never mind. They, the audio for uh, Lieutenant Beck didn't work. Hmm. Oh, interesting. His mouth was moving, but you heard nothing. Oh, I <laughs> should also say Test Track, everything was working when we did it. All the yeah. audio was per- working and the screens were working. Of course, nobody could create a car, but everything else was working. So, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. First time in a while that Test Track was operating perfectly. was fully operational. I'll give our maybe my final thoughts on the trip and Adam uh, chime in. Number one, I felt like mass compliance was better than it was in mm-hmm. October. Yeah, it was good. The crowds were better overall. I'm going to jinx myself by saying this, knock on wood, because, you know, it's can be unlucky. You can, you know, let your guard down for a second. But I never felt uncomfortable like I did back in October from a COVID perspective. I know where all my risk was taken, and that was basically at my Narcusi sit-down meal is probably the most risky thing I did because while they were spaced, we weren't as spaced as we were at, say, like the wave where nobody was, and that was indoor dining. Everything else was outdoor dining. Mass compliance was good. Distancing was good. So I thought overall all of that was better. It was an incredible trip. Again, I still don't think it's for first trip kind of people. We met a couple of people at the pool. I should say at the hot tub that was like, we've never been. What do we got to do? And I'm like, this was probably not the time to do that trip. 
but <laughs> for folks who are wondering, I mean, I think it's, it's there. I think the reason it was a little bit lower is that a lot of people, because the c- cases were spiking. And just like before, Adam, the last time you went, it was the spike for the the peak for the second wave in Florida. And ever since the first day that we went on Saturday, cases have been on the decline. Now, I don't uh. see if that's still the case by Friday, but uh, right. the trend is down. <laughs> so yeah. you are the reason. You have to go to Disney World <laughs> so the cases go down. the waves. Whenever there's a spike hey, in cases, you have to go. I will gladly go anytime I'm needed. I will serve my country by going to Disney. <laughs> anyway, I would just Already say <laughs> my final thoughts on like Festival of the Arts. I love Festival of the Arts. I think it's a really cool festival. I'm glad they continuing to do it. Deconstructed Dish, I think, is still my favorite booth overall. I love the the cheesecake more than anything. The deconstructed cheesecake was delicious. The orange tart was also really good. Uh, so there's a lot of really good stuff at each festival, but this one, the food is just more beautiful looking, if that's a thing. I like the art booths. Yeah. I, I feel like that's different, and I... Yeah, I like it. I, and and there was one piece of art, uh, tiki room art by Sam Carter. I really wanted to get, but all the prints were out. I think the he yeah. he tweeted today. The only thing left is the original. And after dropping a bunch of money on a VIP tour, I didn't think dropping fourteen hundred dollars <laughs> on an original piece of sure. art was still right. in the budget. <laughs> yeah. So the, I did end up buying a piece of Millennium Falcon art that I will have to get framed. Was it a print? It was a print. Yeah, I was able to get a print of it. And annual pass holders, I was able to get 20% off on it as well. On certain booths, they had the annual pass holder discount. So that was cool. That's probably the reason I went and bought it because I got 20% off of it. But I'm happy with my art purchase, and I was happy with all the food that I sampled. So. And I'm just thanks everybody that I saw, you know, on our Epcot night. I saw Board Caitlin running Living with the Land. She was running the board. I saw Kendall. I got to see Jeff, Toddler of Terror. So still being able to see folks, even from a distance, was good. Fun trip. So I guess that's going to wrap us up for this big mega episode. Yeah. Uh, next week, this is the penultimate episode to the big 300 This Is Sparta episode. Be sure to tune in next week when John will be our host. But for now, I will pass it over to John to tell us a little bit more about how to find us. Yes, of course. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That is all at TWTM Podcast. We have a Spreadshirt store in which you can buy your exclusive TWTM merchandise that currently includes a Rafts or a Ride shirt. That is at shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM Podcast. And as I say, feels like every show, hopefully, just keep watching for it, that more content will be coming to the YouTube channel that we have as well. And our website is travelingwiththemouse.com. We have links to everything there and more. And our email address is podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. So for John, Adam, this is Jason, and this has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we hope you join us on our next trip. Homer, you were great. <laughs>